You are listening to content from Christ Our Hope Anglican Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. For more information, you can find us on the web at ChristOurHopeAnglican.org. And now, here's today's message. When our reading from Isaiah chapter 7 began, King Ahaz was afraid. The king of Judah had just found out that his neighbors and enemies, the kings of Aram and of Israel, had made an alliance. And they showed up on his doorstep, threatening to capture Jerusalem. They'd already come through his other lands, gathered around his capital city, and were threatening to take the, the, the city. But King Ahaz, besides being afraid, was also shrewd. And he quickly came up with a plan. Aram and Israel together were more than a match for Judah. He knew that he couldn't face them by charging out from the city and conquering them via military might. But he also knew that really all three of their nations were little fish in the sea of the Near East. That the great threat that all had to fear was Assyria. And so he had a plan that he would send word to the king of Assyria, promising fealty and tribute. He knew where he could get gold. There was plenty of gold within the temple to God. Then he could take that and send that to the king of Assyria with a promise that said, come and save me, deliver me, and here I will pay you and I will give you loyalty. But before he could send his message and his gold, That pesky prophet Isaiah came to him. (laughs) Isaiah, who was always preaching to trust in God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God Yahweh, who his fathers had followed, who his great, 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 too many greats to count, uh, grandfather King David had followed. But Ahaz had left that God behind years ago. He was no fool. He saw how power fell in the region. And it wasn't with the God of a weak and dying kingdom. But arguing with a prophet and angering a prophet and his God was never a good idea. So when Isaiah said that Yahweh would offer him a sign, any sign, he could name what he wanted and and he would give him a sign that he was going to deliver him, Ahaz instead came up with a pious-sounding line to sort of dismiss what the prophet was saying. He said, I'm not going to put the Lord to the test. He was clever. He actually knew that this line actually came from one of the holy books of Yahweh, one of the books that his people were supposed to be following. He knew that he was not supposed to put the Lord your God to the test, so he thought, this is an out. I don't have to look at the sign But of course, neither God nor Isaiah were fooled by the king's false piety. They knew that the real reason that Ahaz rejected the offer of a sign was not because he believed and trusted God already, but because of his severe lack of faith and his knowledge that if he did receive a sign, that he might actually have to change his mind. 
he might have to abandon his plan that was a good plan. He knew that it would work to deliver him from Israel and Aram. He might have to admit that all of the idols that he had set up in the high places were wrong, were placing his trust in the wrong place. He might have to repent and trust God instead of himself. This is the story that we are entering into. Of course, God gave Ahaz a sign anyway. Prophet Isaiah told him that a virgin would give birth. The Hebrew word there in this case is actually the word for, we'd probably use the English word maiden. A young woman of marriageable age who typically in that culture was a virgin. She would be with child and she would name the child Emmanuel, God with us. Throughout the book of Isaiah, there are continually promises of children being born with names that mean something. And here, this is another name that means something, that God is here. And of course, that's good news if you trust in him. But it's not such good news if you don't. And this is what Ahaz was finding out, the sign that was given him to encourage his trust. This final entreaty from God, will you believe in me? Will you trust in me instead of your own schemes, instead of the strength of men? Became, instead of a sign of hope, a sign of his coming judgment. He was told that when this child was born, he would eat curds and honey. This is a sign that this is... Uh, the land is still occupied by these armies. This is not the food that comes from a land where people are able to, go, to farm and harvest freely. It's the food that comes when they can eat curds, so they have still cows, but they don't have the, the normal fa- farms that they have. And they have honey, so something they can gather wild from the land. But before he's old enough to sort of make his own judgments, before he is old enough to be mature and be responsible morally for the decisions that he makes, actually what what Ahaz would see was that the kings that he was so frightened of that they would be gone and their own lands would be empty. And then he'd find that the king of Assyria, whom he was placing his trust in, would come into his own land. That the very thing that he placed his trust in would devour him. The story of Ahaz stands as a warning to us. God is very near. God is with us. And he is offering salvation. He's offering deliverance from our enemies. And there is this question that is implicit in the passage that is directly given to Ahaz. Will you listen to him? Will you listen to God and his hand that is held out to you? Will you receive the offer that he is giving to you? Or will you harden your heart? Will you refuse to see the signs that are given as signs of hope that are intended to lead us back to God? 
because God is active all around us. There are signs given to us each and every day, signs of God's faithfulness, signs of God's goodness. All of us have stories in our lives where we have seen God acting. Places where we would say, well, that would be coincidence, except for that I believe that it was actually God acting. But there is this question of, will you see it for what it is? Will you understand it as a sign from God, or will you allow it to happen around you and not see anything happening that is, you can attribute to God? Because it is only the eyes of faith that actually open up to us the signs that God is doing around us, that allow us to see them for what they really are. And the world will try to convince you that it is you who is fooling yourself if you look at these things as the activity of God. And what the story of Ahaz stands to remind us it is it is a world that has pulled the wool over its own eyes because they do not want to see, they do not want to hear, they do not want to have to be face to face with the reality of God working around them because they would be forced to repent, to change their hearts, to turn to Him and depend upon God for salvation. If we see what God is doing around us, it is a gift. It is given to us through eyes of faith. And if we do not see, it is not because he is not active. Of course, we can talk about what this looks like in our own lives. But ultimately, the sign that is given to Ahaz is the sign of Emmanuel, God with us. And it is the sign that is given to us as well. Even more than the events of our own lives, it is Jesus himself who stands as a sign, who is the fuller fulfillment of the prophecy that was given to Isaiah. His birth is a sign of God's love. His birth is a sign of God's goodwill. His birth is a sign of our salvation, that God does what he says he will, that he is bringing us to him, that he is calling us to him, that he is promising to be with us, to remain with us, to stay with us. If we jump ahead to the Christmas story, there is this question in the story of will you see it? Will you understand what God is doing? Will you understand that this birth, that Jesus is a sign? Joseph, in our reading from today, understood it to be a sign. When the angel came to him in his dream, he trusted that his wife, with whom he had never lain, was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. He understood that this was a sign of God's will, a sign of God's goodness, a sign of what God was doing here. Herod heard about this birth and saw it as a threat. If people see this, if they know that God is doing something new, then maybe they will not look to me as their Savior. Maybe they will tear me down, that they will take power away from me. 
the same event. We can see it over and over again in the, in the scriptures. That Jesus coming and walking among people. For some, it is a sign of, of God's mercy. Uh, the, the people who need healing cry out, Son of David, have mercy upon me. And the people who have hardened their hearts say, Why are you healing on the Sabbath? The event is the same, happening, taking place all around them, but they see it differently because some see it with eyes of faith and some see it in a desire to harden their heart. And the question is, when we come to this, when we look at Jesus, what will we, how will we see it? Will we see it with eyes of faith? Will we understand it to be a sign of what God is doing in the world? And this is a serious question that faces us. The question of what will you do with the signs of God's activity? And if you have not ever put your trust in Jesus, if you have not put your trust in God, if you have walked in doubt saying, I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, I don't see it. There's this question of life and death. The sign was given to Ahaz. It was offered to him as a way to receive salvation and rescue from God. But instead it became his judgment because he would not see it as God's activity. Do you understand and see what we have in the birth of Jesus? Do you understand how amazing it is that God took on flesh that Jesus is still fully God and fully man. That there is a promise in that, that God has not abandoned us. And of course, within this, there's that moment where all of us have to make that initial decision to look upon this event with eyes of faith. And I know that most of you who are here have made that decision before that you look upon Jesus and you do see him as God's gift and a sign of God's goodness. But all of us have hearts that are prone to wandering, prone to closing off our eyes of faith and putting our trust in ourselves or some earthly power. And so we are confronted again and again with Jesus not just in one moment to decide what we're going to do with him, but each and every day, over and over, we are confronted with the idea of what will we do with this sign? Will I accept this as God's opportunity for salvation, or will I turn back to relying upon myself, to looking for some way that I can be the rescuer? In your own life, do you look to God? Do you look to the birth of Jesus? And do you see it as the sign that it is? Do you look for that as the source of your hope? Does it bring you to repent of those places in your life where you have lifted them up above God. I like the version of confession that happens in morning prayer where it says, I have followed too much the devices and desires of my own heart. 
Have you followed too much the devices and desires of your own heart? Do you need to humbly repent because of what God is doing? The story of Ahaz continues. Ahaz did not repent. And only a few years later, the nation of Israel was carried off into exile by the Assyrians. The king of Assyria came at Ahaz's behest, and he he came and he took the tribute that was given to him. He came and cleared out the kings. But then it was not long after that that the Assyrians came and were themselves at the gates of Jerusalem. And again, there was a question given to a king, Ahaz's son. Where will you put your trust? There was no bigger fish to call upon this time. But King Hezekiah chose differently than his father. He chose to put his trust in God. And the Assyrian army was gathered around Jerusalem, laying siege to the city. And then in a night, they were struck down. Not by men coming out, but by God, moving through the army, bringing plague upon them. And they fled. God is the source of true deliverance. If we turn to anything else for our deliverance, we will find, as we find in the story of Ahaz, that ultimately it will turn back and devour us. That anything we seek to put our hope in apart from him will just consume us. It may bring us relief for a moment, but the relief is only temporary. It will not last. And so, will we receive the sign that calls us to repentance? It calls us back to put our trust and our hope in God, in Him alone. The season of Advent is a penitential season. We structure our service a little bit differently. And part of the reason that we do that is because we recognize that as we are preparing for Christmas, to celebrate Christmas, to celebrate Jesus coming, we have to prepare our hearts to look with eyes of faith upon the sign that God has given. Because the sign is coming whether we recognize it and see it or not. But your response determines whether it is a sign of God's grace or the sign of God's judgment. So look with eyes of faith upon the gift that is given to us. Look with eyes of faith upon Emmanuel. God with us. Search your heart. Turn from all the things that you put your faith in, that you put your hope in, apart from Him. Because ultimately they will only devour you. And prepare to rejoice at the sign that God has given of His hope made complete in Jesus. This sermon is an audio ministry from Christ Our Hope Anglican Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. If you are in the area and would like to learn more about how you can worship with us in person or online, please visit us on the web at www.christourhopeanglican.org.